0: Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the 11th episode of the Worm Burner Podcast. I'm your host, Justin, and for this week, we're going to be going back to the league breakdown, where we're going to be breaking down the Paraguayan League this week, going back to South America. But before we do that... We have to talk about the craziness that has been happening over in Europe over the past week. It's just been absolutely crazy. So much to go over. I'm so excited to go over it with you guys. If you have not already, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Worm Podcast. And if you haven't checked Twitter, we have Twitter now. So go ahead. Our handle on Twitter is wormburnerpd. C S T, so basically podcast, but without the vowels. So again, our Twitter handle at Wormburner P D C S T. I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. I'm just so excited for this. Let's go ahead and get into it. Alrighty, guys. So for this week, I wanted to go over the craziness having to do with what's going on in Europe absolute craziness. This last week was the last week for many leagues in Europe, and there were a lot of different items and factors to decide this week. So one of them was the Barclays Premier League. There was an absolute crazy, crazy comeback in the game between Manchester City and and Aston Villa, it was an unbelievable game to watch. I, of course, watched it being a Manchester City fan. And I feel so bad for the for two particular people in general. My neighbors, first off, and my dog. Because I went absolutely berserk. And my dog was like, what is going on? He loves watching soccer with me. It's actually extremely cute and hilarious because he watches the ball move around. And he just likes the motion of the ball. I know he can't really understand soccer, but still, it's it's so funny to watch. But when I was when I was just going crazy because of what was happening in front of my eyes, the dog. I felt so bad for my dog. So, and then my neighbors, because uh, there were a few instances of screaming and, and squeals. So I <laughs> I feel bad. I apologize for them and. Just overall, it was an unbelievable turnaround. There was no other way for Manchester City to really win the Premier League this year. They ended up scoring three goals in five minutes to turn the tie completely around. If they did not do that, they were going to lose the Premier League to Liverpool, which was right behind them. They only won the league by one point, and... It was just absolutely, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy to watch that game. If you didn't see any highlights or any, if you didn't watch the game at all, I highly suggest that you watch the highlights. It was just an unbelievable thing to watch. And just as a unbiased person looking into Liverpool, it was just a heartbreak that I can't believe... Liverpool have to endure again for a third time within the past five years. It's just absolutely crazy that a team of that caliber, they're doing so, so good, and they aren't winning their domestic league as often as maybe some think that they should. And I, I remember going on Twitter and seeing a statistic that I didn't even really and truly think about until I saw it, was that Liverpool have had three seasons where they've gotten above 90 points. It was 90, they got 99 points, 97 points, and 92 points, and all three of those times they only won the league once. With that being said, Alex Ferguson, had never had a 90 point season in his entire career at Manchester United yet he won 13 titles <laughs> it's, it's it shows how much the Premier League has changed when it comes to Liverpool and Manchester City being up front at the top of the league when it comes to the English Premier League I full heartedly when it comes to Just a soccer fan, unbiased soccer fan in general, I kind of feel for Liverpool because it's just like, holy cow. They are so good. They are so successful because you've got a Champions League title and a domestic title, and they're on the verge of winning two Champions League titles within a five-year span. It's unbelievable how much they've been able to achieve in such a short amount of time where they may or may not have been able to fight for titles 10 years prior maybe it seems like they've really really gotten together the way that they need to but they just aren't getting it over the hurdle at the last moment when it counts and I feel for them it's just a unbelievable it was an unbelievable day though because just you can't you can't put into words how and what happened so i I do my due diligence letting you know it was Aston Villa was, was, had beaten Manchester City down to the point where I didn't see a way around. I had, I think it was relatively close to when Manchester City put their first goal into the back of the net that I heard that Liverpool put theirs into the back back of the net to top Wolves because they were playing Wolverhampton Wanderers. And, unbelievable scenes (laughs) absolutely unbelievable scenes I was like oh my lord this is not happening because we had already gotten out of the Champions League based off of not being able to finish in the final hurdle final hurdle but we were able to get it get it done so really and truly I, I I want to bring the recognition for Liverpool that I know that many other people that may support Manchester City may not do but Liverpool is an unbelievable team, and honestly, I'm extremely honored to say that we've got a competitor like Liverpool to go against in the Premier League. It's it's so exciting, honestly, to be able to to have somebody like that to match you blow for blow, and it's just an unbelievable thing to have. And I wish Liverpool luck in the in the Champions League final against Real. It's gonna be tough. I'm, Obviously, being a City fan, you (laughs) make sure to close the game out. So (laughs) it's a a bit of a bittersweet situation. But overall, absolute craziness for the final day of the Premier League season, as well as I wanted to take the note of saying that also as well, Jesse Marsh beat Brentford for their final game of the season to guarantee that they were going to stay in the Premier League. It was an unbelievable game. I had seen bits and pieces of that game off and on. And just to know that the an American manager was able to do what he did, absolutely phenomenal. And... I think there was another tweet that I had seen that somebody had said that this is the highest finish of any American manager because, of course, with Bob Bradley with Swansea City, they ended up getting relegated. This is the highest finish for any American manager in the British Premier League since ever. It's never, never happened before. And I'm so, so excited for Jesse Marsh to see what the summer brings him, uh, what leads are able to fund him and put behind him to see how he can mold and change this team for the better I'm just so excited to see what happens with Leeds United and congratulations to Jesse Marsh it's been an unbelievable season he deserves all that credit as well as Leeds to be able to fight for that final 17th spot in the league to stay in it's going to be an unbelievable season now I wish them the best next year it's going to be an unbelievable, unbelievable time for them so so excited. Now to jump over to Italy. I wanted to take the spotlight to Italy for a second with City. Ah, We of course had AC Milan lift the Scudetto for the first time in 11 years. They have not won the Italian top flight in 11 years and I can't believe that they were able to they were able to have that kind of a success the way that they have their team I know that they have some aging stars of course with the strikers themselves Olivier Giroux and Zlatan Ibrahimovic I didn't want to say that they couldn't do it but seeing the way that Inter dominated the league last season I found it slightly more implausible that it could happen more credit to them than, than anything. Both both Olivier Giroud and Zlatan Ibrahimović getting their name on the scorecard in their 3-0 drubbing of Sassuolo in the final day to secure the title away from their rivals Inter Milan is an unbelievable... I I, I loved it. I loved it. Seeing that kind of scenario and situation where you've got to be able to finish in the in those final moments and AC Milan really showed why they deserved the Scudetto this year and and it really it really put things into perspective as as maybe the Italian league isn't a one-team wonder anymore with Juventus since Juventus had been so dominant over the past decade uh it's starting to be a lot more a lot more competitive now since you have two teams other than Juventus winning the title this year. And it doesn't seem like AC Milan is going to slow down anytime soon. Uh, they're going to be stacking up on their talent. And, and they've got a bunch of young talent as well as very experienced heads in the team that, of course, were able to clinch this title away from Inter Milan this year. I think it was an unbelievable experience for them. And I wanted to congratulate them and and wish them luck defending the title this year. Or this next year, excuse me. And so, with that, I wanted to take the last little bit of this section and talk about the Kylian Mbappe situation with PSG. I think it's an unbelievable... I I say unbelievable. Unbelievable's (laughs) been... A very overused word. This episode, I apologize, but that's the only way that I can explain it. Because Kylian Mbappe has re-signed with PSG to stay there till 2025. Honestly, when I saw that, I was like, "Wait, what?" Because seeing the news that he was most he was most likely going to be going to Real Madrid, and, and going through the scenarios and what had happened. So Kylian Mbappe had apparently reached an agreement with Real, but he hadn't signed the dotted line officially, obviously when he started to have doubts or maybe not doubts, but he started to think about his choice. PSG then put in an offer that basically it was going to make him the highest paid football player in the world. And he ended up taking it back to Real. Real ended up coming back and either matching it or coming very close to matching it. So it was really and truly up to Mbappe to decide whether or not he was going to stay in PSG or not. To where this past Saturday, before this whole fiasco of the final day in the English Premier League as well as City on Italy... Mbappe decided to stay in PSG and re-sign with PSG for another three years. After that, a lot has unfolded since then. Both Real and La Liga have opened up lawsuits with PSG to basically say this is completely unfair, that basically having a country funding a football team, it Completely ruins the stability of football, which I can completely understand that argument. I just don't know where the lo- the legalities lay with this. It's just an unbelievable situation. Again, I gotta stay away from the word unbelievable, but it's just a unprecedented situation where you have a team like PSG funded by an entire country and you have another team not being able to compete financially with a team like PSG that has that funding it's just a it's a crazy situation that i know can have some very serious ramifications in the future of course being a Manchester City fan myself I know that having an unlimited amount of funds to be able to put a team together and and it can make or break a season sometimes when you have that backing that level of backing but as many times as I've said it in the podcast you have to be able to invest your money smart and Whether this is a smart investment or not, I think it is for PSG being able to take a 23-year-old that has been an absolute legend at the club so far, being able to do what he has, even though they have yet to lift the elusive UEFA Champions League title, it's a situation for PSG that it does nothing but increase their value to say, hey, we are a prominent team here in Europe. We've been able to keep a young and not yet to his prime, Kylian Mbappe, here to be able to play his soccer here. It's just a situation where I don't know if it was the best for Mbappe. Now, talking overall, kind of taking the side of Real for a second, it's just a situation. All in all, I remember seeing the whole situation and seeing the lawsuit behind Real and having that lawsuit it was at first when it came out I was a bit skeptical and it seemed like Real was just being hurt that a team like PSG could financially push them over to the point where they ended up keeping their star at PSG. I think it's a... Interesting conundrum that the world of soccer is in, and whether I would have invested that amount of money into a player like Killian Mbappe, a lot of people would say that that is a foregone conclusion. You need to be able to keep a player like Killian Mbappe at your club. Whether I agree with that or not is a completely different story. I don't know if I would have. The reason I say that is because of the whole financial statement that they've said, and apparently they have a, a agreement in this contract that basically allows Mbappe to make choices at PSG that he would have never been able to make before. And I just think that I don't know if being able to... Put that kind of a choice on such a rising star in the world of football I don't know yet if that's a good choice I'm a bit skeptical because of course being able to put that kind of a position on a player like him they would they didn't give that that position to Messi they didn't give that position to Neymar it's just a interesting situation at PSG I wish Mbappe the best, of course. I I never want anything to go sour between anybody or any any player or any team. I just think that this puts the world of soccer in a very interesting situation that I don't know where it goes from here. And I don't know what's going to happen with the lawsuits. I will be keeping up with it, of course, with everything going on in the world of soccer. But that is going to end it for our segment here Let's go ahead and get into the league breakdown in Paraguay. So, for our league breakdown this week, we are going to be talking about the Paraguayan Primera Division. I'm so excited for this. So... The founding of the Paraguayan First Division was founded in 1906, and they have had many, many champions since then, but a couple of those years, they did not hold the championship due to specific circumstances, one of them being in 1908, one of them being in 1922, and then there was a three-year spell between 1932 and 1934 where they did not hold the title but there's a very interesting development in 2008 where the division ended up taking on the Colombian aspect of the league or one of the other nations or some of the other nations in South America where they adapted the Apertura and Clausura Way of being able to determine champions in their division, but it's a little bit of a twist here in Paraguay. So for Apertura, they play each team twice, but there is no playoffs when it comes to the Apertura and Clausura in the Paraguayan first division. Now, going into the champions of this division there is one clear winner when it comes to this division but there is a gap closing very slowly but surely in this Primera division so without further ado the leading team in the Paraguayan first division is Olympia with 45 titles under their belt the first one coming in 1912 and the latest one in the 2020 clausura the second team i hope i pronounce this right because i am proficient in these team names as of about five minutes ago so the second place team in this division is cerro porteño With 34 titles under their belt, they are Olympias' closest rival. Sergio Porteno's first title was in 1913, the year after Olympias', and the latest one coming in the 2021. So that is the latest title. I know that the Apertura for this year is being played. It's almost completed. In third place, we have Libertad with 21 titles. The first one being in 1910 and the latest one being the 2021 Apachura. And then also our fourth team with the most titles is Guarani with 11 titles the first one being in 1906 and the latest one being the 2016 Clausura, and then finally wrapping out the top five teams that have won the most paraguayan first division titles is nacional with nine titles the first one being in 1909 and the latest one being in 2013 for the apachura so, very competitive league when it comes to a specific set of teams. Uh, it's an unbelievable league that I wish I paid a little more attention to because these two teams are unbelievable when it comes to Olympia and Cerro Porteño. It's uh, And not to even exclude Libertar either, it's it's an overall very competitive league and one that I will be paying attention to more in the near future now when it comes to the domestic cup competition in Paraguay there is a more recent domestic cup title that has come up and that is the Copa Paraguay which was founded in 2018 so it's a three-year-old competition but there is more competition here in Paraguay uh, when it comes to the league itself I don't know if there is another cup competition that had preceded this one I had tried to find it but I can't find any information on over such competition before this but if you have any information like that go ahead and let me know on facebook or on twitter and just go ahead and at the warm burner podcast as well there so without further ado this Copa paraguay has had three different winners in the three years that they have had this competition or four years that they've had this competition but the 2020 edition of this competition was not played due to the COVID-19 pandemic but with the other teams the other teams that have won this competition is Guarani with the first one being in 2018 Olympia came and won it in the latest edition of it in 2021 and Libertar winning the 2019 version of this competition. Overall, I think this is a very healthy start when it comes to a domestic cup competition. You want to see all these different teams winning it, and of course, Cerro Poteno not even winning the competition so far. It's definitely been a very competitive start to a very promising cup competition in Paraguay now for the rivalries when it comes to these two teams Olympia and Cerro Porteño they are the most successful teams in the Paraguayan first division of course one of them winning 45 titles being Olympia and 34 t- titles to Cerro Porteño's favor but going to the overall draw of the two teams Cerro Porteño is the more successful team, winning more games than Olimpia. The final draw when it comes to that, uh, Cerro Porteño winning 103 matches versus 98 to Olympias. It's a very competitive, very, very competitive rivalry and one that I hope to maybe see in, in my lifetime. So overall, a very competitive league. And to our interesting fact of the week... Olympia remain the only team from the Paraguayan 1st Division to win the Copa Libertadores. Not once, not twice, but three times. No other Paraguayan team has even won the Copa Libertadores And this just shows the testament as to how dominant Olympia has been in the Paraguayan League. They won the Copa Libertadores in 1979, 1990, and then the latest one being in 2002. It's an overall really good club and one that has a very successful history behind it and one that... You can't ignore when it comes to the continental aspect of this league now that is going to do it for the eleventh episode of the Worm burner podcast. I'm going to cut it a little short this week based off of the latest couple weeks being so long. I hope you guys had an amazing time learning about this stuff as as well as I did. And maybe you can turn on a couple of the Paraguayan First Division League games if you have the opportunity to watch them. I think it would be an amazing opportunity to see the different cultures when it comes to soccer and one of the main reasons why I created this podcast. I hope you guys, again, had an amazing time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A million times thank you for listening to the end of this episode. If you have not already, go ahead and check out our facebook page facebook.com forward slash the worm burner podcast and if you have not checked out our twitter we have twitter now our handle is at worm c s t again that is WarmBurnerPDCST. burner p d c s t i hope you guys have an amazing week an amazing just weekend in general, coming up. I hope you guys are able to find some soccer to be able to get out and stretch legs. And I'm going to be doing that very, very soon. I've been contacting who I can to be able to play again. And I hope you have an amazing week. And stay safe, have fun, love soccer, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Ciao, everyone.